Part 3, Risk Area Animal Environment. This lesson focuses on zoonotic diseases spread through the animal environment. Zoonotic disease exposures can also occur within the animal's environment. The animal environment is a source of indirect transmission of zoonotic pathogens with transfer occurring from contaminated objects or surfaces, referred to as fomites, by aerosol or airborne transmission, and mechanical transmission by vectors such as flies. Many zoonotic agents can be very persistent in the environment, some days to weeks, making fomites or contaminated objects and surfaces, as well as soil and manure in the environment, important sources for exposure and transmission of zoonotic pathogens. Contamination of the environment can also occur from any of the body tissues and fluids discussed in the previous presentation, oozing wounds or scabs, nasal secretions, and reproductive fluids after parturition. Common fomites on the farm include shovels, buckets, brushes, blankets, halters, vehicles, bedding, clothing or footwear, or equipment used with animals such as birthing chains or feeding bottles. Like direct contact, actual entry of the organism into the new host involves breaks in the skin or contact with mucous membranes. Transfer of pathogens into the home is also an important consideration. Iatrogenic transmission is a specific form of fomite transmission involving the use of contaminated equipment, which can spread disease pathogens when treating animals. Mechanical transmission by various insects, especially flies, can be an important means of transmission in animal environments. We will discuss a few zoonoses involving these vectors in this presentation, but most will be discussed in greater detail in the risk area vectors presentation. Contamination may not be limited to livestock or poultry species found on the farm. Wildlife, scavenger species, and wild birds play important roles in the exposure and transmission of zoonotic diseases, either as mechanical vectors or reservoirs of disease, serving as a source of infection for people and animals. These animals may interact with domestic livestock and poultry kept outdoors and on pastures and through shared water sources. Rodents, for example, can be involved in the transmission of salmonellosis. Feral swine are a potential source of brucellosis for domestic pigs and hunters. Wild birds are known reservoirs for avian influenza, and wildlife such as white-tailed deer can harbor bovine tuberculosis. Three important and common zoonoses that may be acquired from the feces of animals are Campylobacteriosis, Colibacillosis, and Salmonellosis. All three of these organisms are responsible for high numbers of illness in the United States. 1.5 million illnesses for Campylobacter, 1.3 million for Salmonella, and 265,000 Shiga toxin E. coli infections each year. People are exposed to these pathogens either directly via feces or indirectly via contaminated soil. Entry is most commonly through ingestion, such as contaminated food products. But contaminated hands or objects placed in the mouth are an important method of exposure in animal environments. Infected animals are often asymptomatic, but clinical disease may appear in young animals or those that are stressed, such as from overcrowding or transport. Watery or foul-smelling diarrhea may occur, and pregnant animals may abort. And if the disease is systemic, infections of the joints may occur. The disease in people can involve self-limiting gastroenteritis, fever, abdominal cramps, diarrhea with or without blood, and vomiting, and possibly septicemia. 
Disease can be quite severe in the young, elderly, and individuals with weakened immune systems. The number of enteric outbreaks seems to be increasing. In a recent report published by the CDC, looking at enteric disease associated with animal contact, nearly 60 animal contact outbreaks were reported in a single year, 2017. While the majority were classified as single state outbreaks, 13 resulted in multi-state outbreaks. The human impact from these events resulted in over 1,500 illnesses, 312 hospitalizations, and three deaths. The most common cause of these outbreaks was attributed to cryptosporidium. However, the pathogen that caused the most illnesses was salmonella. Shigatoxin-producing E. coli was associated with one of the three deaths. Livestock were implicated in over half of the outbreaks, and cattle were found as the most common source. But outbreaks associated with poultry accounted for the highest number of illnesses. The map on this slide shows the rate of reported enteric disease outbreaks associated with animal contact per 1 million population in 2017. As you can see, outbreaks have occurred in all contiguous states as well as Hawaii. Let's look at a scenario. In this instance, you are a large animal veterinarian in rural California and called out to visit one of your longtime dairy farmer clients. John is an older producer and has had his dairy in his family for several generations. He has a few calves with profuse diarrhea. John has been tending to the calves, but during your conversation you learn he's also been feeling ill lately with some sort of stomach bug. What zoonotic diseases might you be concerned about? One possibility given the situation of a young calf with diarrhea would be cryptosporidiosis, caused by the protozoa Cryptosporidium parvum. The organism is shed in the feces of infected animals or people. Entry occurs from ingestion, either by contaminated food or water, or contaminated objects or hands. Many animals can carry cryptosporidium organisms without showing signs of illness. When illness is seen, it can include diarrhea, poor appetite, and weight loss. Disease can be serious or even fatal in young or weak animals, especially calves and lambs. In people, cryptosporidiosis is characterized by profuse, watery diarrhea with cramping, abdominal pains, nausea, anorexia, flatulence, and malaise. Some individuals may also experience vomiting, weight loss, fever, or myalgia. Asymptomatic infections are also possible. The disease is usually self-limiting in healthy individuals, but people that are immunosuppressed, such as older individuals like John, can develop severe disease. So back to our scenario, what recommendations would you make to the owner? Similar to our previous scenarios, start with personal protection. Discuss the exposure risk and routes of transmission for cryptosporidiosis, as well as other enteric pathogens from ingestion, and the importance of washing hands after contact with the calves and avoiding hand-to-mouth contact. Encourage the use of wearing protective clothing, such as gloves or palpation sleeves when handling the sick calves, but discuss coveralls and shoes can and likely will become contaminated and should be removed before going into the home or other locations on or off the farm. It is also important for John to contact a healthcare provider if the intestinal issues continue, since dehydration and other severe health effects can occur with extensive diarrhea and may require hospitalization. It's also important to implement or enhance biosecurity measures in this instance to not only protect John or others on the farm, 
but also to protect his other calves and animals on the farm. Discuss the importance of isolating any sick calves from the others, and when doing chores, to care for the sick animals last, to avoid transferring the disease. It is also important to minimize the number of people around the calves, especially young children such as his grandchildren, who might be around or visiting the farm. Cleaning and disinfection for cryptosporidiosis can be difficult. Selecting an appropriate disinfectant and exposing objects to ultraviolet light, such as direct sunlight, as much as possible can help. Any equipment, buckets, etc., used with the calf should be cleaned and disinfected before use elsewhere on the farm. It is also important to talk about preventative actions needed for the future, including treatment, diagnostic testing, and enhanced biosecurity measures. Note that many of these preventative measures are similar to those used for direct contact exposures. So I hope this helps to highlight how using the same zoonosis prevention measures can protect from a variety of diseases and transmission methods to protect not only human health, but animal health as well. Another important zoonotic disease in poultry is Newcastle disease, a contagious viral disease caused by avian paramyxovirus 1, which affects the respiratory, nervous, and digestive systems of affected birds. The virus spreads via inhalation or ingestion of feces or respiratory secretions, and the virus is readily transmitted on fomites, such as cages, feathers, clothing, or footwear. There are three forms of the disease, lentogenic, mesogenic, and velogenic, or virulent. The highly virulent or velogenic form causes morbidity and mortality rates up to 100% in chickens. The disease is so lethal that birds often die before any signs of disease are seen. If clinical signs develop, birds will have lethargy, inappetence, ruffled feathers, conjunctival reddening, and edema, diarrhea, as well as respiratory signs like cyanosis and swelling of the head and neck. An abrupt decrease in egg laying may be noted, and neurological signs have occurred during outbreak situations. The virulent form of Newcastle disease is reportable and can result in trade restrictions. Vaccines are available for poultry, but they do not provide sterile immunity. Velogenic strains of Newcastle disease can cause conjunctivitis in people. This usually requires exposure to large quantities of the virus, such as those working in laboratories, but can occur for vaccination crews. Human infections usually result from accidental exposure to vaccines or fluids from infected birds or carcasses. The virus can cause serious opportunistic infections in people who are severely immunosuppressed. People can develop mild to moderate conjunctivitis, which is transmissible to other people as well as mild flu-like illness. Most cases resolve within a week. Soil-transmitted helminths belonging to the genus Ascaris are the cause of ascariasis. The swine roundworm Ascaris suum is zoonotic. Passed in the feces of infected pigs, Ascaris suum is ubiquitous in the soil. Eggs are very resistant to temperature extremes and remain infective for years. Both pigs and people ingest eggs via contaminated soil or food. Infections in adult pigs are often subclinical. Coughing or thumping may be noted. White scarring on the liver, called milk spots, is sometimes seen at necropsy. Many human infections are also asymptomatic. However, heavy parasite loads can lead to malnutrition, iron deficiency anemia, intestinal blockage, and impaired growth, especially in children. 
Acute lung inflammation is also possible. Treatment with antiparasitic drugs is required. To prevent infection in people, pig feces should not be used to fertilize crops, especially produce. A recent report of ascariasis in Maine identified 14 cases of the disease in individuals who had contact with pigs. Three of the seven farms investigated raised organic vegetables. Prevention of this disease includes educating producers, improving farm management practices, such as keeping pig pens separate from vegetable fields, and avoiding the use of pig manure for fertilizer, especially on produce, and attention to personal and food hygiene. Another important soil-transmitted helminth zoonoses is trichoriasis. Whipworms are widespread in mammals. The zoonotic species Trichorus suis is a parasite of pigs and wild boars. Infection with whipworms occur after ingestion of embryonated eggs from the environment, often in food or water. The adult worms embed in the mucosa of the cecum and adjacent portions of the large intestine, and then shed eggs in the feces. Trichorous eggs are unembryonated when they are excreted. Development to the infectious stage takes about two weeks or longer, depending on the temperature. This highlights actions such as prompt removal of feces, as well as frequent hand washing after contact with animal manure as important preventative measures. Many infected animals do not have any clinical signs. Heavy parasite burdens can cause diarrhea, which may be mucoid or occasionally hemorrhagic. Weight loss and death occurs occasionally in young pigs. Destroying trichorous eggs in the environment is usually difficult and or impractical. The most practical ways to reduce the risk of infection are to treat infected animals, prevent the environment from becoming contaminated with feces, and avoid placing animals in contaminated areas. Although people are normally infected with trichorous trichoura, which is maintained in humans, Gastrointestinal signs such as abdominal pain, flatulence, and watery diarrhea have been reported in some people infected by trichorous suis. Aerosol or airborne transmission involves the transfer of pathogens in microscopic particles spread through the air, which are inhaled into the respiratory tract. Aerosols can include microorganisms, animal dander, fecal matter, and feed particles. Aerosolization of pathogens may occur when an animal coughs or sneezes. In some cases, tiny particles may be generated during vocalization. Exposure to contaminated aerosols can also occur indirectly when infectious body fluids such as urine, feces, birthing material, or skin lesions contaminate soil or bedding in animal housing areas. These materials are then stirred up by the wind or when cleaning or sweeping and can be inhaled. Some particles, such as Coxiella burnettii, can remain in the air for long periods of time and be transmitted over moderate to long distances, even several miles. However, most are not able to survive for extended periods of time within aerosols and therefore require close proximity for transmission. Confinement situations can increase the risk for exposure for aerosol transmission. Of course, an important zoonotic disease spread by aerosol is influenza. Influenza is caused by RNA viruses belonging to the family Orthomyxaviridae. There are four influenza types, A, B, C, and D. Several influenza A viruses have zoonotic potential. Influenza A viruses contain two highly variable surface proteins, hemagglutinin, represented by H or HA, and neuraminidase, 
represented by N or NA, which are used to classify these viruses into subtypes. Wild birds, particularly waterfowl and shorebirds, are reservoirs for all subtypes, often without signs of disease. Influenza A viruses are host adapted and cause respiratory disease with high morbidity and low mortality in their respective hosts. The most important species affected are birds, pigs, horses, dogs, and humans. Although infection in other species can also occur. Influenza A viruses originating in birds or pigs are the main cause of zoonotic disease. However, humans can also potentially spread influenza viruses to animals, including swine, cats, and ferrets. In people, zoonotic infection results in mild illness similar to human influenza, causing fever, upper respiratory signs, and gastrointestinal signs. Human infections with Asian lineage highly pathogenic avian influenza, or HPAI, viruses can be quite severe, however, and can result in multi-organ failure and death. Influenza vaccines are available for birds, pigs, horses, dogs, and humans. Efficacy is variable depending on the match between vaccine strains and circulating virus. Avian influenza viruses are classified as either high or low pathogenicity based on genetic features of the virus and the severity of disease. Avian influenza viruses of the H5 and H7 subtypes are associated with high pathogenicity in domestic poultry. These viruses are of concern to human public health also because they have infected and caused serious disease in humans. Avian influenza viruses are shed in the feces as well as in saliva and nasal secretions. Fecal-oral transmission is usually the predominant means of spread for poultry. However, the virus can also spread by droplets and aerosols and by contact with nasal discharges, either directly or on fomites. HPAI viruses are highly virulent. Sudden death of large numbers of birds is a common presentation. Birds can be markedly depressed with decreased feed and water consumption and ruffled feathers. A drop in egg production is also common. Respiratory signs including coughing and oral and nasal discharge, cyanosis of the head, comb, and wattle, edema of the head, and green to white diarrhea may be present in some poultry. As we discussed in Lesson 1, a multi-state outbreak of highly pathogenic avian influenza occurred in the United States in 2014 and 2015. Devastating impacts on commercial operations as well as backyard premises occurred. While there were no reported human illnesses, the risk remained and precautions were taken to protect responders. Additionally, the impact of this disease resulted in devastating financial losses to the industry and to producers. Swine influenza is a highly contagious viral infection of pigs with multiple subtypes, the most common being H1N1, H1N2, and H3N2. Swine influenza usually spreads very quickly within swine units and morbidity rates can reach up to 100%. However, mortality rates are relatively low. This disease is associated with upper respiratory infections in pigs, and affected animals may have high fever, lethargy, and difficulty breathing. Weight loss is the primary economic impact related to this disease. Sometimes, however, pigs may be infected subclinically without showing signs of disease. Similar to avian influenza, transmission primarily occurs through contact with oral nasal secretions. Viruses are transmitted also in aerosols when pigs cough. 
Disease is more likely to spread between animals housed close together in environments with shared airspace. Pigs can also become infected from people shedding influenza viruses. As previously mentioned, some influenza viruses are zoonotic. People who acquire influenza from swine usually work with pigs, but cases have also been documented in people that have attended pig shows. Over the past several years, cases and outbreaks of swine influenza in people, particularly children, have been attributed to close contact during agricultural fairs. While these experiences provide important and meaningful educational opportunities, these situations emphasize the need for awareness education and the implementation of preventative practices. The National Assembly of State Animal Health Officials and the National Association of State Public Health Veterinarians developed guidance on measures to minimize influenza transmission at swine exhibitions. You can find this document in the Course Resource Library and on the NASPHV website. Psittacosis, also known as parrot fever, avian chlamydiosis, or ornithosis in birds, is another example of a zoonosis spread by aerosol. The disease is caused by chlamydia psittaci, an obligate intracellular bacterium, which is also able to survive for weeks to months in the environment. It infects many bird species, but occurs most commonly in pet psittacine birds, such as parrots or cockatoos, raising risks for pet store employees and owners of these birds. However, the disease can affect poultry, particularly turkeys and ducks, putting veterinarians, poultry workers, and poultry processing plant employees at risk. Transmission between birds most often occurs through direct contact. The organism is shed in the feces and nasal discharges of infected birds, intermittent and triggered by incidents of stress, such as prolonged transport, overcrowding, nutritional deficiencies, and handling. Birds can be infected by inhaling dust from these dried infected droppings or by ingesting the bacteria while eating. Biting insects, mites, and lice can be vectors and also spread the disease among birds. Infected poultry may remain asymptomatic until they are stressed. Clinical signs are generally nonspecific and may include anorexia, lethargy, ruffled feathers, and oculonasal discharge. Severely affected birds can become emaciated. Diarrhea and neurological signs may occur. Mortality rates can reach 40%. In people, exposure most commonly occurs by inhaling the organism when urine, respiratory secretions, or dried feces of infected birds are dispersed in the air as very fine droplets or dust particles. Exposures can also occur from direct contact with infected birds and ingestion of infectious materials. As was seen during a recent outbreak of severe respiratory illness among poultry slaughter plant workers in Virginia and Georgia. 80 cases of psittacosis were identified at two chicken slaughter plants and 13 workers were hospitalized with fever, headache, cough, and radiographic evidence of pneumonia. Similar risks may occur for veterinary personnel during post-mortem examinations of infected birds emphasizing a need for precautionary measures. Infection in people can range from asymptomatic to mild and moderate flu-like signs to severe respiratory illness with a cough, difficulty breathing, and atypical pneumonia. Complications include myocarditis, endocarditis, hepatitis, 
reactive arthritis, and neurological abnormalities. Rhodococcosis, caused by Rhodococcus equi, is another zoonosis acquired through inhalation of contaminated dust. Rhodococcus equi is ubiquitous in surface soil, which can become aerosolized. The bacteria is also transmitted via ingestion or wound contamination. Rhodococcus equi can infect horses, cattle, swine, sheep, goats, and some other species. Most clinical disease occurs in foals up to six months of age. Bronchopneumonia is the most common presentation, but other body systems can be affected. Abdominal infections lead to diarrhea, ulcerative colitis, abscesses, and other inflammatory conditions. Immune-mediated polysynovitis can also be seen, as well as infection at other body sites. In people, symptomatic disease occurs almost exclusively in the immunocompromised, such as people with HIV, who represent two-thirds of human infections. As in foals, pulmonary involvement is most common in people. Abdominal, musculoskeletal, and ocular disease also occurs, as well as abscesses in various body parts. Antibiotic therapy is required, and surgical drainage of large abscesses may be beneficial. Preventing exposure to Rhodococcus equi should involve reducing dust levels on the farm. This can be accomplished by planting vegetation, installing windbreaks, and wetting down dusty stalls and paddocks. Bovine tuberculosis is another important bacterial zoonosis. Disease results from infection with Mycobacterium bovis, a gram-positive acid-fast bacterium in the Mycobacterium tuberculosis complex. The organism is capable of surviving in the environment for several months. Cattle are the reservoir host for Mycobacterium bovis. However, most states are free due to eradication and control programs that have greatly reduced the prevalence of the disease. Pockets of infection are occasionally found and often attributed to newly introduced animals or interaction with wildlife reservoir hosts such as deer. Tuberculosis in animals is a highly infectious and progressive disease. Transmission among animals is mostly by inhalation during nose-to-nose -nose contact or by ingesting contaminated feed or water. Cattle infected with Mycobacterium bovis are typically asymptomatic, but may display weakness, weight loss, intermittent coughing, and enlarged lymph nodes. In some cases, these lymph nodes may rupture and drain to the skin. Bovine tuberculosis is a reportable disease in animals. Monthly reports of bovine tuberculosis affected herds and zone status can be found on the U.S. Department of Agriculture website. Mycobacterium bovis infections in people primarily occur through the ingestion of unpasteurized dairy products, but transmission by aerosols and entry through breaks in the skin are possible. Skin infections, often referred to as butcher's warts, are generally localized, benign, and self-limiting. Infections in humans may be asymptomatic, and they may be similar to those caused by human tuberculosis, with symptoms including fever, night sweats, weight loss, and cough. Infection in other parts of the body, such as the kidney, spine, and brain, are also possible. Next, let's review measures to prevent zoonoses that can be acquired from animal environments. As with animal contact, the first three measures for prevention of zoonoses in animal environments include practicing good hygiene. This remains one of the easiest and most effective ways to prevent exposure. Wearing protective clothing, such as gloves, masks, or goggles, depending on the specific exposure, 
and avoiding exposure to pathogens via open wounds or skin abrasions by covering them and keeping them clean and dry, and also avoiding risky situations if you are high risk. Measures to disrupt transmission include actions such as implementing biosecurity practices, waste management and proper carcass disposal, sanitation and disinfection, and controlling and eliminating disease-carrying vectors and scavengers. All of these actions can protect against zoonoses impacts on human and animal health. Certainly, efforts to eliminate pathogens from the source or animal are what veterinary personnel work toward every day. Yet, as we know, this can be one of the more difficult levels to achieve. Continue to encourage and promote preventative interventions, including vaccination, treatment, isolation, and proper nutrition. We will talk about prevention in greater detail in Lesson 3. Next, let's look at a few zoonotic diseases associated with food and water.